Welcome to the Church and Culture Podcast, a weekly discussion with James Emery White on the latest trends happening in culture and where and how the church should respond. All right, welcome back to the Church and Culture Podcast. I am Alexis, and I'm so glad you're tuning in to hear what will hopefully be yet another robust conversation as I pick the brain of Dr. James Emery White regarding how one might think Christianly or respond Christianly to some of contemporary culture's most pressing issues. Um, in preparation for today's conversation, I have hope you I hope you've had some coffee because we're going to talk about witchcraft. Um, more specifically, we are going to dive into the really increasingly popular movement known as Wicca, whose followers practice witchcraft and nature worship. I'm going to ask um, Dr. White or Jim is going to is going to be how you hear me refer to him, but um, we're going to, I'm going to ask him about the origins of this movement, um, its practices, its relevance, how a Christian might not only think about Wicca, but also how we might interact with its followers. So because I feel like many listeners might be skeptical as to whether this is really all that popular, will you start us off, Jim, by talking about the prevalence of Wicca today? Exploding. Uh, it's just exploding. New York Times ran an article recently that was titled, When Did Everyone Become a Witch? The um, Publishers Weekly uh, in its fall issue recently, um, there were so many books being released by major publishers on Wicca that they t- t- uh, titled the whole thing, The Season of the Witch. Uh, there was a survey that came out that stunned me that, but there are right now more practicing witches than there are Presbyterians in the United States. Um, just under half of all Americans believe in psychics, that what they do is real, and, you know, and also they believe in the power within substances like a rock or stone or a gem, that there's spiritual energy in objects. And so uh, if you don't think Wicca is exploding, if you don't think it's becoming in many quarters the unofficial religion, Uh, combined with kind of a new age thinking and aspects of Hinduism and stuff like that. If you don't think this is the new um, almost religion of secularity, then um, you don't get out much. Well, for many of us like who are new to to the whole idea of Wicca, I mean, we know that it's associated with witchcraft, but I think for most of us, when we think of witchcraft, I mean, we're thinking of, you know, the witches of fairy tales, or as you mentioned, witches portrayed in, in film or books, or maybe more in tune with history, like the 17th century, you know, whole um, Salem witch trials, that type of thing. So does Wicca stem from ancient practices of witchcraft, or is it something new? Is it something different altogether? Get Salem out of your head, both the caricatures and the hysteria that surrounded that uh, historical um, era. Witchcraft has been uh, practiced for millennia. I mean, it's it's you find it in the Old Testament and all forward. I mean, it's, it's not a new phenomenon. Um, Wicca has simply repackaged witchcraft for modern consumption. And that's really what it's done. Uh, the heart of all witchcraft uh, involves things like spells and and sorcery and magical incantations and formulas and things of that nature. And uh, coupled with the whole idea of wanting to gain control either over yourself as a person uh, or other uh, using types of paranormal power or using control over a particular situation, the world or themselves. And so that's its use. Okay, so walk us through then some of the beliefs of, of Wiccans, like their theology, you might say. Right, right, right. Um, well, they would, uh, most would not say that they're into Satanism or Satan worship, um, though they would say we have no problem with that uh, at all. Uh, for them, it's a pre-Christian tradition dating back tens of thousands of years 
that promotes free thinking and uh, the understanding of the um, earth and nature. It's deeply, um, yes, they say it's witchcraft, but it's harmless. It's not like black witchcraft, black sorcery. Um, they, it's polytheistic in nature. They believe in a supreme mother goddess of some type. Um, all things uh, uh, in nature are somewhat have a spirit, you know, kind of different than pantheism or panentheism, but just kind of a, a, everything has a spirit in it in that sense. And uh, early adherents um, worshiped a female god. It was egalitarian. It was attuned to nature and uh, uh, very much favored women. And um, so that's kind of the mythology of the theology behind it. The truth is it came out largely in the 1950s <laughs> and it was a combination of Masonic ritual and the occult. Interesting. Now, and you mentioned just a bit ago that it, it involves the practice of magic, right? Um, what does that look like? Like, how do they practice magic? Yeah, spells, incantations, all the things that you would You've read about, you've heard about, you've seen in movies and things like that. Uh, it's traditional witchcraft. Um, and, uh, but unlike, you know, again, I don't want to get into Harry Potter, but unlike Harry Potter, where it's a type of witchcraft that it isn't, isn't tying into a, 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 um, like, uh, an occultic power. It's, it's more like, it's just out there to manipulate, um, this power. Um, they, they would, they're tapping into a real source of power of some kind in their minds that is tied to nature and spirits and beings and goddesses and such. Um, so it spells an incantation. I'm not trying to say that it's okay to practice the Harry Potter magic, um, although I've been an advocate for saying reading the books is fine as long as you read it through a Christian worldview. And J.K. Rowling herself was a Christian and wrote it um, uh, with that in the back of her head as well. In fact, she even had seven volumes to match C.S. Lewis's Seven Chronicles of Narnia. But what they would practice, Wiccans would say there's low magic and there's high magic. Uh, low magic is what they're trying to do when they are um, in, uh, um, trying to in, in, uh, in, uh, impact everyday life. High magic is when they're trying to impact themselves. And so they would do that through spells and incantations. Well, like as a Harry Potter fan myself, like I don't have any allusion to the fact that if I say, a, a spell from Harry Potter that anything is actually going to happen. Okay. Yeah, but fiction. right. Exactly. Yeah. So like, is there any validity to the type of magic that Wiccans claim to be able to perform? Well, if you mean, does anything ever actually happen? Mm -hmm. uh, the answer is uh, horrifyingly. Yes, it can. Um, because they're calling on the occult and the demonic often answers. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm going to chase that a little bit more in a minute, but let me ask a different question first. Is the Wiccan movement, because I'm thinking like Wiccans, witchcraft, um, witches, is it a movement for women exclusively or are there male Wiccans and are there church gatherings? Like, are there, where, where would we see them in group settings? It, I mean, it tends to be dominated by uh, women. Uh, there are obviously male witches or warlocks, but in terms of Wicca itself, it tends to be dominated by women. Uh, there is a priesthood uh, that you enter into through various sexual rites. Um, and in terms of churches, there's not churches, but there are covens. Interesting. Okay, so I want to talk about the appeal then, like the growing popularity of Wicca, because 
based on some of the things you've talked about in terms of theology, I can understand why there may be a draw to this. I mean, you just said sexual rights involved in the priesthood. And I feel like several people are like, wait, what? Um, I, I can practice that. Pick me, pick me. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, who doesn't want to be able to practice magic, right? But more seriously, like, what do you think is behind the attraction? Why? And, and, and not only what's behind it, but who is it drawing? Is it people of a specific demographic more than another? Sure. Uh, why did people like Avatar? You know, they loved the movie Avatar. It was a great movie. It was well done, well told, well filmed. Special effects were amazing. But it was also a very much a movie about, in many ways, the theology of Wicca. It was, it was a deeply, um, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, you know, everything has, you know, everything has a spirit, everything has a power in it, the rocks, the plants, everything there, there was an, uh, this, this, this interpenetrating energy that you get, um, all things were living, all things were in connected. There is no God, there is no real sin, just a God within you or the power or the spirit within you. Um, you know, it, it, there's aspects of it that can be appealing because of that, because it's like you get the transcendent without truth. Um, you get the feeling of it, the ethos of some things that are beyond you, but you never have any um, doctrine. You never have any accountability. There's, there is no God. There is just you and your spirit interacting with spirit. Um, and it does skew young. Um, I think Wicca, particularly in the world of the occult, is particularly attractive to Generation uh, Z. And I've written about that. Um, they... Uh, you know, when people say that they have become irreligious, no, they haven't really become, they, they, they've remained spiritual. They've just became, become uniquely open to the occult and they've mainstream with mainstream occult. They wouldn't think of it as the occult. They would just think of it as certain aspects of the paranormal and uh, they're wildly attracted to it. And so Wicca is a way of, of not calling it witchcraft, you know, but calling it, you know, Wicca, we're just in tune with nature and the world and spirits and power and energy and forces. And, and then you throw in how so many were raised on Star Wars and the force and, and kind of building off of that, it's, it's almost become the unofficial religion of those who don't have religion. But I wonder too, you mentioned that they, uh, I don't know if worship is the right term, but like that they believe in a, a, a mother goddess, like a female goddess. And I'm just thinking too, and mother the, earth. Yeah. The, the age of the woman that we're living in, if that kind of female empowerment may not have a little bit to do with that as well. well sure. And then you throw in environmentalism and people caring about, um, and, and this is an area where Christians have not done well. It's like we're here, here, we're the ones that were given uh, biblically the call for creation care and stewardship of it all. And many times we've led the way to treating the world shamefully. And then here you have um, Wiccans and pagans and others who say, no, we love the earth and we care about the earth. In fact, we personify the earth. And so it also attracts those who are deeply concerned about environmentalism and global warming and, and wanting to elevate that. And so it all, it all plays right into the hands. Well, as we talk about Wicca, what I find interesting is that it seems to be a different kind of conversation than if we were talking about, I don't know, Islam, or we're talking about Scientology, for example, like, it's not just a, okay, here's the different doctrines, and here's where we agree and disagree, but rather, there's this whole concept or this component that you were mentioning of the occult, which I think makes this um, a different types of uh, type of conversation, like, um, do you think that there's more at stake then essentially is what I'm asking of like, of simply just saying, oh, we just disagree on these couple of things. Um, it seems like when you bring in the, the idea of, of the, the world of the occult, that this is a different type of conversation that we need to have in terms of just disagreements. 
Well, it is, and they don't, you know, they don't know that it is on the front end, but it is. You know, as Christians, there is no just power floating around out there. Uh, that, that's not the way it is. There, there's, there's, there's God or Satan. There's heaven or hell. There, there's, there's good or there's evil. And, and the Bible uh, strictly forbids all forms of witchcraft with the strongest of languages. You couldn't use stronger language for witchcraft being condemned in scripture. And because it's always tied to the occult and, and to the world and work of the evil one. And so um, Wicca is the occult. Hmm. Well, what's ironic is that I remember you mentioned that um, in terms of Wiccan, Wiccans and their belief in like Satan or um, or devil worship that they 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 tend to distance themselves from that because I think that's what people most often think um, that they're more comfortable like associating themselves with Hinduism or more nature oriented religious communities. But you're saying that well they might say that, but that's not true, right? Like they you could say that this is. Not really nothing different than satanic right religion. right i mean it's, it's spiritual deception and which which satan masters in he wants to portray himself and what he does as as good and as an angel of light uh here are the three marks of the occult this is so important to ground ourselves in as christians and then to put some things under each one of them so that people know exactly what we're talking about because christians themselves even christians who are very solid uh, get very deceived about, well, what's the occult? What's not the occult? So here are the three major components of when you know you've got something occultic. The first one is the, um, the um, exposure or granting of information uh, of, you know, unknown, the communication of unknown information to humans that could not be known through any other means. In other words, it's, 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 it's just a disclosure of communication of unknown information unavailable to humans through normal means. So what would that mean? That would mean horoscopes. That would mean fortune tellings. That would mean tarot cards. That would mean, you know, psychic hotlines, all of those kinds of things. Communication uh, that would be unknown any other way. A uh, second aspect or form of the occult is when you put someone into contact with that which is um, uh, paranormal in nature, paranormal power or energies or even demonic forms. Uh, for this, just think crystals, think seances, think mediums. Uh, the third type, uh, third mark of the occult, or when you know you're dealing with the occult, is when you're trying to gain or, and master paranormal power. Um, and that is uh, Wicca, uh, witchcraft, Wicca, and even things like feng shui, which I mean, you know, it's amazing to me how many I would hear Christian Christians say, yeah, I mean, my realtor suggested feng shui to make my house sell, be sell better. And I went, oh. hmm. you know, and that's a, that's a occultic practice of harnessing natural energies and the way you do certain things in your house. And so, um, so yeah, these are all marks of the occult. And this is when you know you're dealing with it. I can imagine some jaws are dropping right now just because I think that like you said, like it, it seems innocent, right? Like I'm just reading my horoscope today. It's not really a big deal. I mean, I just, but what you're saying is that even if it may seem innocent at first, it's, is it like a slippery slope, essentially what you're saying of like, um, that it's not quite as, it's, it's not quite well, as it appears. Well, whatever you're doing it, you're, you're opening the door to the world of the occult. I mean, you're opening the door to the demonic and, 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 and if scripture teaches anything from Genesis to maps, it's, it's, it's that, um, you don't want to do that. You don't want to give the devil a foothold. You don't want to open the door. You don't want to kind of do a little teaser where you give him entry through invitation. 
and 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 um and it's it's you know, christians don't want to do it and 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 you know uh it's horrific to think of a non-christian now christians can't be possessed but they can be oppressed i mean a, a, an authentic christian has the holy spirit taking presence within them and the holy spirit does not share that space the whole you know, a christian could never be possessed but they can be oppressed you know from the outside and you can invite uh, spiritual oppression through lifestyle choices and various other things and certainly by dabbling in the occult well no christian has any business dabbling in the occult my goodness and and yet we do make certain things playful like horoscopes or oh i think i'll get my fortune read or something like that flee you are going into the realm of the evil one mm -hmm. and if you go to well, i went to a seance and i actually i did that and my aunt harry really did come and talk that was not aunt mary that was a demon or someone just uh, as a whole farce. I mean, the, the whole thing could have been a farce, and you know that was has been lampoon where it where people. But but if if you ever really did, you know, someone really went into a trance and like they were possessed by someone and they started talking like a relative and even had knowledge. Mm. Demons. Yeah. Hmm. Well, okay. So, but you, I'm, I'm just trying to like wrap my mind around as a Christian. If I'm like, I want to stay far away from this. Um, it makes sense that why I wouldn't do one of the things some of the things that you just mentioned, go to a seance, seek out a psychic or something like that. But um, we, you also mentioned about how this is so common in mainstream media. I mean, like the Harry Potter books, I've read all the Harry Potter books. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find, especially like a horror film right now that doesn't have elements of witchcraft or something in it. So would you, would you recommend that Christians don't even read or watch anything about it or kind no, of, I think like, for example, I've, I've, I've blogged about Harry Potter and we'll put that in the show notes because it's, it's a further, fuller conversation. And there are some thinking thoughtful Christians who have some difficulties with that. And, and, and I get it. Uh, but I think that there is a way to look at it and think about it in a way that is a different. And so let's for sure post that uh, in the show notes. But the, the magic in Harry Potter was mechanical. It was not occultic. There's a difference. Uh, and it was fictional. It was not meant to be anything other than that. It was a fanciful world. And as I mentioned, J.K. Rowling is a Christian and a very valid. In fact, she's taken a lot of heat right now in the UK for her stances on uh, trans issues where she's taken a traditional Christ Christian perspective and she's trying to be cancel cultured. Uh, by uh, by many people for that re very reason. Uh, I mentioned she patterned her seven books after the seven books of Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, and she did that very intentionally because she loved those books. And of course, if I'm not, it, they've been out so long, we can talk about how they end. It ends with the whole aspect of how uh, redemption is, you know, it was, it was a huge redemptive story mirroring the Christ story in many ways. And so um, it was, uh, so yeah, I don't have any trouble with that. But there are other, but that's that's not what I mean by what we're talking about in terms of dabbling. Mm, okay, all right, that that's fair. But okay, now let's talk about because I have no doubt that a lot of listeners know somebody who either practices, you know, witchcraft or would self-profess to be a Wiccan. Well, but can or, I add one more thing? I'm oh sorry. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I don't know why I'm not. I don't try to make a big deal out of Harry Potter, but it's like a lot of people were, were to say, you know, who got on a high horse on that, and yet they loved Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. And they actually loved Chronicles of Narnia. Mm -hmm. both of which had what magic exactly <laughs> yeah okay so well i think that's but it was really... a different kind of magic yeah. right that's a, that's a helpful fanciful stance. fantasy mechanical keep going i'm sorry no that's a, i think that's a helpful helpful distinction um in terms of how we think about magic and being mechanical or being a cultish and um, that's a helpful lens because there's like, a, yeah, I, as I mentioned, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, I'm a parent and half the ch children's programs feature some sort of magic or, um, yeah, so that's really helpful, but 
Now let's talk about those of us who know people who are Wiccans or maybe somebody who said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say a spell on your behalf or give you some crystals or here's some, you know, moon water or something like that. What advice would you give to a Christian wanting to engage lovingly with a friend or a family member who's Wiccan? Let me, first of all, address your examples and I'll talk about it in a larger way. If someone would say, well, you know, I'll say a spell for you. I would say, you know what? I, can I respectfully ask you not to, you know, I'm a Christ follower and that's not something that we would embrace or endorse. And, and so I would, you know, appreciate it if you, you know, I'm asking, I don't need that. And I don't want that. And it's, uh, and, uh, and if they asked to give you some, some water or some a stone, just say, you know, I really appreciate this. And I know you mean so well, and I appreciate your concern for me, but this is not something that I, in, you know, engage or that I embrace. And I really, so thank you, but no. So I wouldn't even accept those gifts. And if by some chance you already did, I would destroy them immediately. Um, because you're, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a way of bringing the occult into your life and, uh, and accepting the occult into your life. And you don't want to do that. Well, in terms of friends, you know, this, this is, this is, it does get tricky, uh, but I, I, will, I will say what I've, I've, I've said and applied to so many different lifestyle issues and choices throughout decades. There's a difference between um, a friendship that is evangelistic in nature and a friendship where you're actually bringing that particular person's theology and lifestyle into your own family's uh, you know, lifestyle and theology. And so you need to have boundaries. You need to be very careful. I think that um, you know, I can have evangelistic friendships with anyone, um, and, but I'm not going to have uh, an intimate friendship with someone where I bring them into mixing with my family and we're, and bring them into my home and bring them into interaction with my children. I'm not going to do that in the name of evangelism. Uh, I'm not called to do that. I'm, I'm called to be a parent to my children to be protective of them and to be spiritually protective of them and to bring them up. If, if, if I have a relationship with someone evangelistically um, and, or if Susan and I collectively have one, I mean, we're going to ha- have that intentionality. We're going to, we're not, we're going to, um, we're going to have it at a distance from our life and our family, you know, where we're, because we know we're on a mission. Um, we're going to be uh, careful about what things we do with them. We're not going to have them invite us into aspects of their world that we can't do and we're not going to do. Um, and so it, 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 is a, it is a relationship that is being very intentionally and prayerfully walked through in light of the fact that this relationship is first and foremost evangelistic. You can love them and care for them, <clears throat> but if they're if they're not a Christian and if they're involved in some of these things, you have to protect yourself and protect your family. And so I would I would keep it evangelistic and don't do anything that would allow what's happening in their life to bring that into your own life or to expose it into your own life. And certainly, you you never ever ever involve your children in ways that would expose them to that. And so, because certain things, you know, can get normalized, certain things can get, they can get exposed to things. Uh, It's just, it's just, you just don't bring things into your life um, that way. And, um, and even when you are doing it personally, particularly with someone involved in the occult, you better fast and pray uh, before every interaction because you're not just dealing with that person, you're dealing with the world of the occult and it's, it's there. And as, and, you know, as someone who is, who has experienced that, and, and I've had some moments where I've encountered the demonic, I mean, you just, it's, 
don't play with it, friends. Mm. Don't play with it. It's not, I mean, you, you have no idea the sheer hatred, the sheer power. I mean, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, but greater is he in the world than he that, than me. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, um, and, and so, uh, and the devil prowls around like a roaring lion waiting to pounce and devour. I mean, I mean, there is, there is uh, nothing, nothing in the world of the occult, the demonic that wants anything other than our sheer destruction. And so, uh, and if it weren't for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in this world, there wouldn't be a single Christian who lived to see the dawn. And, I, and if someone thinks, well, boy, you're really talking heavy. Well, that's because Christians don't talk heavy enough like this. Read the scriptures, you know, read, read what the Apostle Paul has written about the demonic and the world of the occult. And, and um, it's, not a, it's not something to be trifled with or a game to be played with to be taken extraordinarily seriously. And so in answer to your question, you got friends, you got family, like that. you're gonna have to create some boundaries, you're gonna have to create some, some barriers and your interaction with them needs to be in a way that is uh, known intentionally and handled missiologically and evangelistically. Well, in addition to boundaries and barriers, like I'm thinking of when it's even closer to home, like imagine a parent, you know, and their teenage daughter is like, I'm, I'm a Wicca or like their, their sister or something just said that, like, what are, I'm wondering, what are some bridges that may be able to be built here or, or, or is it even worth the effort? Cause I, when I was thinking of what's drawing people to this, when you mentioned it, I'm like, I feel like there's a lot there that I think as Christians, I could be, we could be like, yeah, you care about the environment. So do we like you care about women's rights. Yes. I'm right yeah. there with you. Like, what are some bridges that maybe I thought, you, you nailed it. You nailed it. Okay. I mean, when someone starts flirting, particularly when they're a teenager, teenagers are, are a world unto themselves. And I don't mean this in a condescending way. I just mean like they can dabble with Wicca or they can even say, Hey, I think I'm gay and all these kinds of things. And they don't know it's all wet cement. I mean, there's just so much there. And that's why at first parents uh, don't need to go freak out about it, but they also don't need to cater to it because it's, it's just, it's just, you know, at all. It's like, well, gosh, my eight-year-old thinks my eight-year-old boy wants to be a girl. What do I do? What do you mean? What do you do? You're the adult. They're the child. You're the parent. They're not. I mean, they don't have the maturity to make a decision like that. And there's a thousand things. I mean, I mean, I, I, what boy didn't wear a dress when they were seven years old as far as play? I mean, come on. Um, but we can, we can put the whole gender series in the show notes too that I recently did. But getting to your question. Um, yeah, I mean, you can just say, if they say, but I care about the environment and Christians don't seem to, you know, you're right. Christians should more and all, but that's not the problem with Jesus or the Bible where there's a clear call to creation care. Well, women, are, you know, rights and all that kind of stuff. And I just see sexism. You're right. Christians do that, but that's not about Jesus or the Bible where sexism is condemned and women were lifted up and you just kind of walk them through it. And if they just say, but I, I just feel like there's a sense where I want to get in touch with, with nature and the world and, and, and a wider power. Well, I understand that. And that's exactly what Christianity offers when we come to Christ and the Holy Spirit enters into us. And through prayer, we can have direct contact and, and, and such. And, and, you know, what could never be done through a spell because you're at best dealing with the occult, uh, a prayer has no limit. Mm. Oh, so I love you, that begin to build bridges that way. Yeah. Well, so I'm curious then, and we'll end with this, especially um, since the practice of Wicca is, is more or less um, in, in the news right now. It, do you think that its lifespan is going to be short? Like, do you think this is just like 
a fad or just the waters of contemporary culture right now have just fueled it, but, um, and you see it dying out, or do you think that this is, this is the future? Like we're going to see more and more of these kind of movements spring up as followers are going to become larger. What do you think about the future of Wicca? The occult's not going anywhere. It's been with us since the fall. The occult is the world of the evil one and the demonic. And so it's been with us from day one. It'll keep rearing its head. Witchcraft will always be with us um, and sorcery and, 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 and all of that. And any, anything Satan can do to lure people to him and to, their, to you know, spiritual destruction, he will do. And so it will continue to manifest itself in different ways, different shapes and forms. But the main ones that I outlined, you know, just access to unknown information and, and the ability to wanting to gain mastery and power over things or to be put in touch with various, you know, forces or things. All of these things are, will, will rear its head in different ways. Um, you know, before, you know, it's, it's going to continue to happen. Mm. Well, that is very sobering, but at least something that we can prepare for them. So that's the encouraging part. Awesome. Well, we are out of time, um, but I want to thank you, Jim, again for this. And thanks everybody for listening. And we will have you join us next week. Thank you for listening to this week's installment of the Church and Culture Podcast with Dr. James White. We hope it was not only informative, but challenging and the start to an ongoing conversation. To stay up to date with all the latest, check out the daily headline news and subscribe to the Church and Culture blog, all found at churchandculture.org. You can even keep up with Jim by following him on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at James Emery White. We hope you'll join us next week. Goodbye for now.